HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos. The Feed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Tiffany Thiessen. Tiffany Thiessen is a beloved actress from some of your favorite shows, but she's also a successful cookbook author with her second book coming out in September. The second book is called Here We Go Again, Recipes and Inspiration to Level Up Your Leftovers, and it's available to order now wherever you buy books. Tiffany's debut cookbook, Pull Up a Chair, skillfully translated her talent for cooking and warm hospitality to bring people together. Thank you so much for being here, Tiffany. I'm so pumped to talk with you. Thank you, Alexa. It's great to be here. Yes, and I'm already hungry just thinking about all of this. <laughs> and <laughs> it's early for you right now on the West Coast. So yeah, I mean it it's, is, but you know what? Not not early enough for food. I'm always thinking food. <laughs> exactly. It's like the first thing I think about when I wake up. So yeah, it's lunchtime for me. Let's let's just get let's get hungry. Let's get the appetite rolling. So <laughs> obviously now that you have your second book coming out, I would Take a venture to guess that you are very in love with cooking and everything surrounding that. But when did that start for you? Let's walk it back to like the very beginning is like you know you grew up, were you surrounded mm -hmm. by a cooking Mm -hmm. family? What was that like for you? Yes. I mean I I definitely grew up in a in a household of of cooks. My first really initial sort of memories of food were always me kind of peering around into the kitchen, seeing my mother and my grandmother and my aunt all cooking together, having fun. And I wanted to be with them. It was really just wanting to hang out with them and do what they were doing. And so my love started very young. Um, it then developed, you know, into more cooking with my mother and, and the people in my family for holidays and birthdays and special dinners at night. And then, you know, 
it kind of developed again, even bigger as I started traveling all over the country and then even overseas as a young teen, going over there for certain shows and doing press and stuff like that. So my love of food kind of just even broadened bigger because of just the cultures that I was, you know, getting to sort of try and, and really you know, sort of look into and, and going to France and Belgium and Amsterdam and, you know, all these, you know, wonderful places and all across the country too. And, and then it sort of developed again into wanting to entertain for, you know, my friends as a young adult and living on my own and, you know, then wanting to cook dinner for, you know, maybe a special boyfriend and then, you know, snagging my husband. And now it's a lot of family meals and still trying to entertain for my friends. Wow. And so how did you kind of like hone those skills? Was there like a period where you were spending most of your time cooking? And I know obviously a ton of work goes into um, developing the recipes for cookbooks and yeah. stuff. So what what was kind of the learning process like for that? Because I know that's something I'm always working on is like yeah. how well, I, know, think, I can cook for right. a few people, but not like yeah. the masses. You know? yeah. True, true, true. I mean, that is definitely bigger amounts of people are so much harder. And, and I definitely, um, know that, I mean, we have a semi big family, but not nothing crazy. Um, but you know, the most I had ever really done was Thanksgiving or holidays. And they were probably at the most 20 people, right. Which is still a lot of people. Um, but I have done a couple, you know, 40 plus, and that is a whole nother ball game. It really is. But but my cooking style is very, you know, I don't, I don't pose myself as a, as a, you know, classically skilled chef. I am a home chef. I learned mm-hmm. from the women in my family and really just cooking on a daily basis and traveling and, you know, talking with other chefs and, and learning from them and watching tons of cooking shows. Cause I always grew up literally watching cooking shows. I loved it. Me too. Um, <laughs> it was something I loved to do. So, you know, I kind of gathered my information from many different places and many different, you know, venues. And, and so again, it's, you know, did not go to culinary school per se, but, um, but learned from a lot of different types of people, whether it's my mother and my grandmother and my aunt or chef friends or other friends who love to cook and we love to cook together, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, totally. Same vibe here is I never went to culinary school, but I think you and I both kind of have that like foodie bug where Mm -hmm. it's kind of like your thing. You know, people ask me like, what's my hobby? I'm like, I don't know, going out to restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Alexa, that's okay. And yes, I agree with you. (laughs) It's like literally my favorite thing to do and like learning about that. I mean, every trip that I make, I, it's based off of restaurants, nothing else. It's between restaurants and usually sort of like something out Dorsey, you know, and those are the mm-hmm. two things that I always sort of every trip that we take, whether it's family or girls trip or me and my husband, it's always based off of that. <laughs> yep. That's like absolutely the most important thing. And I like nothing against them, but I don't understand people who don't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the main thing. So obviously, you know, I made a career out about it and, you know, turned my pivoted my career into being in food media. And now people are like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, Still that, just still, you know, thinking about food, sometimes cooking, but mostly just, you know, going out to eat and trying new things and being inspired from other dishes that I try. So like totally with you there, same exact mindset. And like, I get it. And like, congrats on, you know, the cookbooks and kind of, you know, taking your career as it was and turning it into something that you were also so passionate about. Yeah. I mean, my, my, something my mother and my grandmother used to always say is that, you know, you'll never have to work a day in your life if you're doing something you love. And this is definitely one of those things that I love so much that it doesn't feel like working. 
I love that. That's like, that's the dream. And I mm-hmm. kind of feel the same way, you know, it yeah. can be, you know, especially when you're in the nitty gritty of, you know, social media or for you, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting these cookbooks out or whatever it is that you're working on. It's very, very all consuming. It's not like yeah. an easy, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not no, like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I just waltz around and cook what I feel like. And then oh, it just happens. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. it is so, so, so much work. So you have to really, really love it. And as with many fields, but I think it's, you know, a blessing and a very amazing thing that you do love it so much and that it yeah. is something that you enjoy so much. With, yeah. And it's, it brings community and your family together and all that. Well, and true. I mean, food is, to me, I always say that it's a lot like music. It evokes emotion and it brings people together, right? A lot of people would say that about music and I, I say that about food. Totally. I always have. Absolutely. So is there like a favorite dish you had growing up that really like was kind of the thing that inspired you into it or I'm kind of trying to figure out if there was like this aha moment or something. I don't know if there was an aha moment, but there's definitely a childhood recipe that is actually in my first cookbook that um, evokes a lot of that emotion that I'm talking about. It kind of takes me back to you know, my childhood, it takes it and it's, and what's really neat about it is that, you know, it's one of those recipes that my kids now love as much as I did. And it also is something that is asked constantly of like, that's what I want for my birthday dinner or, or, you know, dessert or something like that, you know, and and it's actually my mom's cream cheese pie. Oh, Um, I was waiting to see what it was. I was like, tell me, tell me. (laughs) I know. So it's in my first cookbook, but it's one of those recipes that has been around for a long time. It generally was only made for holidays, but now my kids, that's what they want. They don't want birthday cake. They don't want anything else but my mom's cream cheese pie, which is of course now I make all the time and it's been passed down to me to make. And like I said, it's in my first cookbook, but it's one of those recipes that even now friends of mine, like I literally just had somebody here and their birthday's coming up next week. And they're like, so if you have time, do you think you could make the cream cheese pie for my birthday? And I was like, yes, I will. Oh my goodness. So is it like sweet? Is it cheesecakey? Like it's how kind of be- like cheesecake, but different. It's not okay. as it's a little creamier and more of a pie consistency, I guess. It's not as thick as a normal like New York style cheesecake. Um, but it's divine. And it's 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 hard to explain in the sense that it's like like food. You can explain it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. You can even see a beautiful picture. But really the love comes from that first bite, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's honestly lovely. And I think that is again, very similar to my situation where it was like my grandmother's like little mince pie recipe that Mm. like got me to be, you know, so in love with cooking that it's something that I still, you know, she's no longer with us. So I still kind of try to make them on the holidays and it's the same thing where it's like, that's that nostalgia factor and like that. And I think it just kind of spans generations and all that. So I think sure. we, we're drinking the same Kool-Aid, my love friend. It. Like we, we get it. I love it. <laughs> I love that. So when did you decide that you wanted to put kind of these family recipes mm-hmm. and so, your passion and, you know, all this stuff into yeah. print? Because yeah. I know that's like a big step. It's a big step. It is. You know, it's funny. I never really thought I would ever do a cookbook. Um And I I would say the same thing about even, you know, a show, you know, having a cooking show, never thought I would ever do that either. Um, But I guess, you know, after doing the cooking show for a while, people were always constantly asking, like, would you ever do a cookbook? And I was like, I guess maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's something I should do next. And so it was kind of something that was sort of brought to me. And then it became 
a much bigger to do, of course, because I, I, I joke that like literally putting a book together is like birthing a child with four hard corners. I mean, it's, it is is a task in itself. Um, but what I love about it is it's almost for me, especially that first book was, it's really like a family memory book because I look back at that book. I look at my children. They were so young. Um, I also look at the recipes that they all have stories behind them. And it's funny. I, I collect cookbooks for that reason. I don't, necessarily cook from a lot of cookbooks, you know, because I, I generally use them as almost as inspiration, but I love the stories behind the recipes, you know, and that's what to me is so cool about cookbooks. Yeah. Um, And they're pretty, like it's nice to have around. I know. I know. I have a a hefty, hefty collection. My husband's always like, do we really need all of these? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, we do. (laughs) Hey, I don't, no judgment. I think I totally agree. They're very nice to have around. And now that you've, you know, put the labor and love into one, you know, how much work goes into them. So you're like, I want to support all the cookbook authors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there like a type of cuisine that you kind of lean towards sort of maybe like Americana or like, how would you describe sort of your cuisine influences? I would say more California. I'm a, I'm a very deep rooted California girl. I am a sixth generation California girl. My kids are now seventh generation, which is very rare. And so my my roots are very, very deep here on both sides. Generally. How many, Um, like how long does that like seven generations? Is that like the gold rush California? Like pretty crazy. And I didn't realize how many until my aunt went on one of those like ancestry things and did it, you know? And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. I thought I was like maybe fifth at the most. And then she said, no, you're actually six. Your children are seventh. And I could not believe it. And so, um, it goes back real deep. Like, like, you know, people, the first people who came here to California, right. that is, that is my relative. So I, I feel very deeply rooted into this state and, um, and have been here, you know, my whole life, of course, and my children too. And so I would say my, my food is very much that I'm, you know, I grow a lot of food now, which has been really fun having children and, and kind of having that cool project with them. And, and we are very lucky, you know, except for the drought, but, you know, generally very lucky to grow things year round, which is really incredible. I mean, California itself is is very diverse and and what we can grow here more than any other state in the country. Um, And so I'm very lucky that I can I can literally pick and choose, you know, vegetables galore and fruits and all of that to be able to cook with. So I would I would consider myself more of a California sort of cuisine Mm -hmm. flair um, just because of my background. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I that really I'm like I can't even imagine except like was that the 1800? Like that's crazy how Huge. long ago yeah. like yeah. your family's been in California. Yeah. So very cool. I've mm-hmm. never like heard of anybody like right? repping a US state for so I many know, generations. Right? It's cool. <laughs> We're like really the California girl. I really want to go on one of those shows because I'm like, I really want to learn more about it. I only have what's online that my my aunt did. Um, and like I said, it's it's on both sides, but I think it's my I don't know if it's my dad or my aunt or my mom that actually has the longer roots. And I can't remember, actually, I'll have to go back and check, but I would love well, to learn more about super it. Super cool. Yeah. So yeah, you wrap Callie through and through and yep. that comes through in the cookbook. All right. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. 
Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. So in this book that's coming out now, the newest one, what is kind of the, how would you explain it to someone, you know, you meet someone on the street and they're like, Hey, have a cookbook out. How do you kind of explain it? (laughs) Well, it's really all about leftovers and the initial sort of idea of it. And it came from a couple different places, but it was really trying to teach my kids about food waste. Right. And knowing that, um, statistically 40% of food gets wasted coming from farm to table. And it's, that is a huge amount. And it's one of the most, you know, biggest contributors to climate change. And a lot Mm. of people don't understand that. Um, so I was really wanting to teach my kids better about food waste and, and also, I grew up in a family that didn't have a ton of money. And so my mom was that mom that would take the roasted chicken from Monday night and make it into enchiladas on Tuesday just to stretch the food because we didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was interesting when I was really thinking about the book, I was like, you know, I grew up like this. Like my, my mom was really that person that was really the queen of leftovers. Right. And so I wanted to make a book about that. Also, I kind of was like a nod to my husband who always used to put his nose up to leftovers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, it was like trying to prove him wrong. Like leftovers are awesome and really proving to him, like sometimes leftovers are actually better the second day. And I would say that about Thanksgiving and the holiday meals and I would say that about pizza. Like I love leftover pizza so much that I like it better than fresh half the time. Really? Yes. So I wanted to do a book based on those sort of ideas and really trying to, you know, showcase that you can stretch your food and be creative with the things that you already have in your fridge and your pantry. So this is not just leftovers from, you know, hitting the Mexican restaurant that you love on Tuesday for Taco Tuesday and what can you do with them afterwards, which I can show you that too. But it's also, you know, the broken chips are at the bottom of the bag that you're not ready to throw away. And I'm going to show you something else to do with them. It's that little bit of buttermilk that you bought for another recipe. Let me show you some other ideas that you can do with that buttermilk instead of wasting it. Because we've all had that idea, right? Yeah. All had that issue. So I really wanted to show a book sort of about leftovers and that's really what it's about. And, and all the chapters are broken up into sort of different, you know, like I have one all about produce. Um, so it's everything, the vegetable fruit arena that you can imagine. I have everything that comes from a bag or a bottle or a can, um, that's leftover. You know, sometimes you have a little bit of leftover coconut milk. I'll show you what you can do with it, you know, cause you're not going to use the entire thing for a recipe. It's stuff like that, that sometimes we don't think about and we just are easy to throw it away. Cause we're like, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. And show you yeah. other ideas just to open your brain up just a little bit to hopefully not wasting it. 
I love that. And it's smart that you have it organized like by the mm-hmm. like general product that it would be, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that easier to, to kind of navigate, I think, and, you know, especially for a book like this. Yeah. And it's sort of like a guidebook of sorts. Like, yeah. Hey, I have this in my kitchen. I have this left over. Yeah. And I think that kind of, you're right. Not that many mm-hmm. people think, I mean, I think we all know, you know, food waste is an issue, but we don't really think about how it contributes to what's going on in the climate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that a lot of people are connecting those dots. So was it kind of important for you to, Very. you know, for your kids, but then yeah. also for just everybody to kind of connect oh, those dots sure. of how this is making a big difference? Yeah, very much. I mean, I, you know, again, going back to, you know, being in California and we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing some massive changes in our climate um, and really kind of deep diving into what are the top issues that's causing this. And there's a lot. I mean, this is not just one. Um, right. but, but food waste is a very, very big one. And every, every place you look, it'll tell you the same thing. And, and I really didn't realize, I thought maybe we were like wasting 20, 25% of food. Right. I really, when I read that statistic of 40%, I was actually flabbergasted. I could not believe yeah. that almost half of our food is being wasted and dumped. Um, and also just knowing that there's so many people out there that aren't as fortunate as we are. Right. And to right. understand that th- all that food is getting wasted for no reason, is really sad. And, and I want to teach my kids better. I mean, our, our younger generations are the ones that are going to make the biggest changes. Right. And we need it. And so it was really wanting to, to teach my children that very sort of idea that my mom taught me when I was young of just not wasting and really thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think being in California, of course, is, you know, poignant for a lot of reasons, but I think, does it kind of tie in in the books, the like ability, the ability and push for people to kind of use what's local and seasonal and like, I know that's a lot of stuff that, you know, California folks are always kind of pushing for. Is that kind of an important layer of what you're kind of trying to teach your kids to? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the reason why we started growing food in our own yard Yeah, um, was really wanting to show my kids where food comes from, first of all, and, and really taking pride in something that comes from a tiny little seed and giving it love and sunshine and all the things it needs that it actually produces food that you eat. I mean, it's kind of incredible. I mean, talk about a science class, right? And so it it started off very much that way. And it's just developed into something so much bigger where I want them to take pride in what they're putting in their bodies and how important it is. And, and then just the food waste. Yeah. Amazing. And is, do they have like a favorite recipe? I'm sure you had to do a lot of testing and stuff at home. Do they have some favorites? (laughs) I mean, they, you know, they're really pretty good eaters. I would say my son still kind of puts his nose up to some vegetables. So I have a really great, you know, I call them cotton candy smoothies because for some reason I was able to make a smoothie that literally tastes like cotton candy. And so I throw in frozen cauliflower and it gives this really interesting sort of cotton candy flavor to the smoothies. So, um, they love those and he has no idea that there's vegetables in it. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Um, But you know, there's anything from, you know, leftover rice and making something out of it, or there's leftover vegetables that I can always throw into an amazing, you know, skillet quesadilla for them that they love. And that's another way I get vegetables in them to leftover pizza and making an awesome, you know, pizza breakfast sandwich, which they love and so easy to do in the morning because I've already got the cold pizza, right? And so I add to it and make it a breakfast sandwich for them. It's awesome. 
Oh, I bet they love that. And how old are they? I have an eight and a 13 year old. So. Oh boy. Yeah. This is like right up their alley. Yeah. Like frozen pizza breakfast sandwich. They're yeah. like, hell yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. So as you continue moving forward in your culinary cookbook career, mm-hmm. what are kind of, what are you looking forward to doing? Are you looking forward to sharing more of your kind of your home recipes or I'm kind of making these sort of statements that are more poignant to like the world we live in or what are kind of your future goals? It's a combination of all. I mean, I'm just starting to do the press for this book and I'm excited to go on tour and really speak about this book because it's, you know, another one that's very close to my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. Like my first one, but my first one was much more family driven and this one's definitely much more poignant with what is going on in our world right now. And so um, I'm excited for that, you know, and, and the call, culinary aspect and sharing recipes I've always done, you know, ever since I started doing it online and then having a show for it and then still continually to do it online. I just recently got into TikTok, which there's so oh much boy. food on TikTok and it's yep. so fun, you know, so I've been doing a lot of that, which has been really kind of fun to do. And so, um, you know, my, like I said, my love of food is big and wide and long and I continue to keep going. I love that. And I think it's so cool because I, I talked to folks on this podcast who are, you know, from all different types mm-hmm. of journeys in getting towards having their career and life's work and passion be around food, whether that's like a professionally trained chef who works at a restaurant or someone like you or someone who's just, you know, full, fully a social media blogger. And mm-hmm. everybody has these different paths that all bring us to the same place of just kind of having our, our mission and our life's work be around food. So it's very cool to kind of hear about your journey and how you got to this point where through all different walks of life, all of a sudden here you are and you're sharing cookbooks with the world. You're making these, you know, family recipes that people are loving. And you're also making statements about, you know, food waste and how that pertains to climate change. So it's very, very cool to see kind of how that all comes together. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, congrats on that. Cause that's like not an easy thing to do. And I know exactly how much work (laughs) goes into kind of that, that targeted, you know, like I never would have thought books were so hard and my husband's an author as well and an illustrator. And so I see the struggle with him too, but it's really interesting when you have something to show for it, that's physical, like a book, it's really interesting more so than anything I've done on TV as an actor or anything. Mm -hmm. The book is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a definite sort of, it's a cool thing to get that in your hand and see all that work come together on in a book. Yeah. And how does it feel for you to have like your recipe, like even just this cream cheese pie or whatever it may be, like in the homes of people all over the country and world? I loved the first time around when people were tagging me and showing me and taking video or pictures or whatever. And I really hope to see that again because it is really exciting because you, you sort of see the work being now translated into somebody else's place and somebody else's mind and hands. And so I love it. I mean, I love it so much. Like I'm really excited to get people to, you know, see this book and kind of really almost take what they want from it. And, and really, I mean, they can make other things out of it. I mean, that's the other thing about this book. I give you ideas on other things that are leftovers that you can do that I want you to be creative with as well. I love that. And would you say that the, 
entry level to all these recipes is like very low, like easy, like anybody can do it or is yes. a little, a little more That's elevated. The thing I've always been really wanting to make sure that people understand that. Yes, I did not go to culinary school. I am a home chef. I love to cook and I'm skilled, but I, I really want everybody to be able to do the recipes that I put out. Yeah. Yeah. That's important to me too. Cause I think that mm-hmm. there's, especially with the, you know, popularity and home cooking, you yes. know, a couple of years ago with the pandemic, it was kind of like, yep. Hey, you know, people like you and me have been watching food television shows for however long and kind of yeah. looking and it's more of that aspirational of like, Oh, they're doing something really, really cool. But I like watching this as entertainment. I don't really think I could do that now all of a sudden. Okay. Wait, everybody was home. Everybody was trying to make Mm. stuff that like for their families, that was easy and quick. And then it kind of flipped the script on, okay, instead of this like Mm -hmm. aspirational sous vide, like cryo back, whatever, let's share things and let's get people cooking with stuff that's accessible and easy right. to them. And then of course the economy has right. been up and down. Mm-hmm. It's got to be affordable. Like eggs are a million dollars. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it keeps changing in a way that in my opinion, the more accessible of oh, recipes sure. that you're sharing, the better. Anything that's like too difficult. What I find when I share my own so- social media, anything that's like a little, like a few steps above is just not hitting the same way mm-hmm. because people mm-hmm. really want approachable. So well, I think and it's And I cool think that's that- the same. You could say even about restaurants sometimes, right? I yeah. mean, it's lovely to go to a five-star amazing, you know, tasting menu that takes three hours, but there's also something really amazing about going to an awesome food truck or some street food, right? When you're traveling. And so it's yeah. kind of the same thing when it comes to cooking at home. Like, Yes, we'd all love to be a famous chef and know how to those how to do those skills that you learned yeah. in culinary school. But really, is that you know the most approachable? No, you're mostly cooking for yourself, your family, friends. You're not cooking for an entire restaurant. So, yeah, totally. No, I get it. So I think that you know both of your books are like awesome nods to that and the fact that really anybody can do this. And I think it you know it brings families together as we've talked about. So if it's inspiring people to, you know, pick up those books, get in the kitchen, cook with their kids, use their leftovers, you know, I think that's just a great thing all around. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, was there anything else important to add about your culinary journey or your book or anything that I haven't asked you about yet? I don't think so, but I just would love for people to hopefully grab the book and we're excited to be able to share it. Love that. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure and a thrill to hear about your journey and your path and, and, you know, inspired me and hopefully all of our listeners to, you know, think about leftovers in a different way. And I think it's very, very important to think that way now, um, more than ever as it always has been, but you know, as things continue to worsen, it's very, very important to start thinking that way. So I appreciate you kind of raising awareness. And it's always important to teach the young because those, those ones are our future, right? It's the kids. Totally. Yeah. I hope your kids are like telling their friends too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As you know, I'm a huge fan of Feed Feed, have been for a very, very long time. So it was really exciting to be able to come on. Love that. Well, congrats on the books and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed podcast is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.